Welcome back to another Macam in the Middle podcast after another Sunderland festive game in a very busy schedule. It did finish 5-0 to Sunderland last night at home to Morecambe. Um, and there are plenty of talking points about the game and a few other things that we'll get into that are probably worth talking about. Uh, Michael and John are with me again. Um, and I suppose, Michael, we said multiple times actually this season that the performances need to improve. We need to start getting results. Um, and we need to start blowing teams away more often than we usually do. Um, and obviously, you've got the Cheltenham game, which we did. Um, and of course, last night as well. Is that the best performance of the season? For me, oh, yeah, it's a tough question now. For me, probably not. I still think Cheltenham was a bit better. And I think just the, the, the little difference between um, this game and the Cheltenham game was, I think, just a couple of the goals that we scored against Cheltenham, like really good team goals. Yeah, uh, I mean, John. You're trying saying, to say Diakos wasn't. Sorry. Are you trying to say Diakos wasn't a very good goal? No comment. <laughs> um, oh, what, I, what I would say that was a factor in the game. Um, I know that John said before we came on air that his son likes goalkeeper shirts. Um, I suggest he doesn't show him the goalkeeper for Morecambe last night because that was one of the worst opposition keepers I've ever seen. Um, yeah. But you know, you take it whatever way you come. But that's not taken away from our performance. We still had to be relentless. And to be fair. I think Pritchard said it in his post-match interview. We were relentless from the first minute, barring a couple of times where we let Morecambe um, get in behind. We were relentless. We pressed constantly. Even before we scored, the first five, six, seven minutes, we had about a, a succession of corners, had a good couple of shots that were blocked. So, you know, you can tell that the intent was there. As for best performance of the season, I've said I still think Cheltenham was slightly better, but you can't not the fact that the performance, again, was relentless. And it was important just to get goal difference up. It was important. I think after all the shenanigans with Nick Johnson recently, he needed that result. Um, but the performance certainly goes a long way in helping as well. Yeah. And one of the criticisms this season, John, has been that Sunderland just don't perform over 90 minutes. You know, they might start well or they might finish well. You've got the Ipswich game where we didn't really play particularly well. We've got two late goals. You've got the Oxford game where we scored an early goal, sat back for the first half, conceded, and then improved in the second half but didn't get anything to show for it there's been very few games where we have played well for the full 90 minutes but yesterday was definitely one of them yes um it's just probably probably quite a good thing as it's come in uh you know sort of a midweek when you would expect maybe you know a, a bit a bit of a lull um but you know we're, we are seeing signs at the moment that things are starting i think johnson said it you know he said we're going back to basics and we sort of hit rock bottom a little bit and we're we're building yeah. back again now um, and you know those those performances were were patchy, um, you know as as you and Michael have rightly said. But you know hopefully we're seeing um, you know ninety minute performances. And and I don't think you I don't think you have any more you know a ninety minute performance where it's just hundred percent relentless and the other team don't get any chances at all. I don't think those types of games happen anymore. You know even like to Man City, we'll still see a bit of a an onslaught on them, you know, during a game. It's just, yeah. um, it's how how well you deal with it. And at the moment, you know, like you said, there was maybe a few hairy moments yesterday, but you've got to expect that. But deal with them and, and you know, the clean sheet will be massive. Um, but yeah, not a 90-minute performance is, is definitely what we're looking for when we're, you know, building towards, you know, get, getting out, out of this league. Yeah. And there are plenty of positives to talk about. We will end with a high, but we'll start with the negative um which was the Morecambe fans of course um the trouble during the game before the game and after the game and there's one point that people keep making and i still don't know why the club don't do it michael why are the away fans still up there 
like the atmosphere at Sunderland, it's not a dig at the fans. The atmosphere at Sunderland isn't great. You know, we were four, five nil up at points yesterday, and it wasn't a very good atmosphere. You wouldn't think we were four, five nil up. Um, you've got the issue of away fans throwing stuff down in the crowd. I think there's been like bottles thrown before. Obviously, a flare yesterday. Is there any reason to keep the away fans up there? Well, it's harder and harder to see, isn't it? I suspect that the reason that it was done originally was to try and make the whole lower tier red, purely red and white and try and intimidate the um, opposition teams. Look how well that's worked over the years. Um, as for, I mean, if you look at it from a practical perspective, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you save money on steward and stewardship to not to, to close, yeah. co- completely close the Premier Concourse, completely close the upper stand, and the only people that will get there is probably the media. So, yeah, you maybe need a steward or two for that, but it would just save money, surely, if you... <clears throat> if you reallocate the away fans down to the south stand, I think it was the south stand they were before, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Um, so just from a practical and cost-cutting perspective, wouldn't it make sense just to do it that way? Um, and I, I agree with you. I think that have been, I think it's a very easy thing at the minute to have digs at the atmosphere when I think over the years we haven't had anything to shout about and show for it. But I do agree with you that at points when we have been winning games comfortably, the atmosphere hasn't been particularly great. I mean, I'm in the southwest corner where, <clears throat> where the atmosphere has really meant to be better. And at times it was good last night, but at times it was also quite flat. Yeah. So I think the fact that the way fans coming back down, you know, I think it will improve the atmosphere a bit because I think it'll improve the sort of rivalry banter sort of aspect of um, fans coming together in the stadium. So, yeah, I, I, I couldn't answer that question. Like I said, from, a, from an atmosphere perspective, from a financial perspective, it would just make sense just to move the away fans back down. Yeah. And the other thing, John, which I've just, I've just never understood personally, you know, Sunderland were 4-0 up, I think, at the time that I'm going to refer to as well, the 80th minute. And there must have been 8,000 people left the stadium with 10, 15 minutes to go when, you know, Sunderland were 4-0 up, they got an extra goal late on in the game. It's just another thing that I, I've, just, I've just never really understood why. Yeah, I think you've, you've got to take everyone's circumstances. Um, I'm... I'm one of the ones that you know. If I've if I've paid money to to go to the football, I will watch every single minute of it. Yeah. Um, I even, you know, I even sort of stayed till the end. You know, when when we lost four one to Newcastle, you know, when yeah. Shearer scored, and you know, it was it was horrible. Um, but I think I think it's important to stay to the end. But that's that's my personal view. Um, obviously, everyone's got their own, you know, their own. You know, they want to either get a, a pint before they get home, or you know, they they want to get in quicker, and you know, maybe the weather, the travel, and you know, as I think, I think the midweek games do change the dynamics a little bit as well. Obviously, with kids going, you know, on a Saturday it's not a problem. On a on a Tuesday or Wednesday, it's it's a different case because of of obviously school in the morning and those types of things. So it, it is a weird one. I think it's just it's just an individual thing. Um, and but for me, I'm I will literally stay there all the way to the end. It doesn't matter what. But again, yeah. that's just just my own personal thing. There were definitely some Morecambe fans that had school in the morning. Like I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to the game. It was an unchanged side, Michael, which I don't think really surprised anyone, given the injuries and, and whatnot that we have. Um, but at the minute, everyone, including players that have had some very heavy criticism this season, you know, Bernie Wright, Lyndon Gooch, um, and, and Daku as well, they're all playing very well at the moment, even if they are shoehorned into different positions. Well, the two players you just mentioned there, Gucci and Diakio, I thought I thought last night, um, I think I said it in, in the Twitter chat that we've got, that I thought last night was easily uh, Diakio's best game. Now, granted, that's not yeah. saying much because he hasn't been, he hasn't really pulled up any trees, but 
but I've always tried to reiterate the point that the lad that's moved from Germany, which, let's be honest, the style of football in Germany, or certainly wherever he's played, is not going to be like what League One's like. It's just not. There's not, there won't be anywhere, there won't be, I'm not saying there won't be any physicality at all, but there's not going to be as much physicality, elbows in your face, crunching tackles, all that sort of stuff. People trying to hack you down every two minutes. So yeah. I thought last night there was a couple of times he gave the ball away, but in general, I thought he got past his man well. I thought he looked like a threat all night. Half the time, and Gooch as well down the other side. And as you guys know, that Gooch is someone I've really, really criticised over the last few years. But mm. last night, I thought Gooch, to be fair, had their right back on toast. He ripped him to shreds repeatedly. It was Conor McLaughlin's brother that, I believe. Well, then, no wonder he's that. <laughs> but, um, the point is that the first, I mean, Gooch got the first two assists, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So it just, it just says it. Um, I've always said that Gooch is somewhat, I'll, I'll try not to talk about Lyndon Gooch as much because I know people will be bored of me telling him a new one. But I think Gooch is someone that in the team, against teams down the lower end of the table, I think has definitely got a part to play. I think I'm just concerned about him in the games against the sides around us. But that's by the by. We haven't got those. We've got a game on Saturday about that. But as for the rest of the team, yeah, they, I mean, at the minute, hopefully it's just the case that the rest of the team is just starting to take responsibility, which we weren't doing at the start of November. We weren't doing pretty much at the start of November or the Rotherham game. And these guys know that no one's going to get us up for it. No one, no one else is going to dig us out the shit, to be honest. These guys have got to be the ones yeah. who do it. So they've got to show themselves, okay. Their place is secure at the minute because of a lack of um, options, but secure your place when players come back, when the competition, or, or when new players come in in January, when when competition hops up, give Johnson a give Johnson very little reason to drop you. Yeah, we'll look at the goals. Well, talk about them. We'll not be looking at them. Um, but the first one, John, we've mentioned Gooch, and one of the biggest things that I've been very frustrated with Gooch is. He beats a man and then he comes back, tries to beat him again, loses the ball, fouls him, gets a yellow card, and then he's running a, a tightrope for the rest of the game. But yesterday was one of the first games this season where he's just beat his man and put a ball in the box. That's exactly how the first and, and second goal, which we'll get onto, came around. You know, he beat his man, put an early ball in the box, and Stuart was there to get a goal. And that'll do Stuart the world of good as well in terms of confidence. Yeah, as you say, I think maybe with Gooch, you know, it's a little bit uh, back to basics. Um, and I'm, I'm sure the coaching staff will be on at him. You know, I think sometimes when he goes down the wing, he's maybe a little bit overthought and maybe looks up and doesn't see the options or thinks he has to turn back. But yesterday, it was a bit more instinctive, maybe coming from a little bit deeper on the other side as well. And like you say, he tore the uh, the right back, an absolute new one, you know, without really, you know, doing a lot, I would say. But, you know, had him on toast and, you know, get those balls in, in early. Um, and I'm sure, again, the strikers would have been told as soon as, you know, we get the ball out wide, get in the box. You know, we don't want Stuart or Broadhead out on the wing, sort of holding the ball up to work in. Once we need him in the middle. Um, and that's, you know, that proved that proved to be the case, you know, with, with those early goals, which which sorted us out. And I don't think that's just, I don't think that's an off-the-cuff thing. I think it's a thing that we do work on, but we do need to, we do need to implement it in games as well. And like you say, Ross Stewart, I think um, Johnson was saying, you know, he, he maybe has been a bit down Lately, we've not scored, and even those performances have been, you know, of a, of a, of a good standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice for nice for him to get a goal, you know, and hopefully now you want to see him, you know, follow that up with with another, you know, one or two at the weekend, and then, you know, a, a nice little run would be nice. Yeah, and obviously the first and second goals, Michael, were very similar. Obviously, Gooch with the assist for both of them, both on the same side, both were across. But the difference with the goals is the people that we had in the box. You know, the first goal, Stewart was, you know, I think it was six yards out maybe and got the goal. Um, he's been, I'd say, criticised. I 
probably the wrong word, possibly questioned, would be a better one to use um, as to how deep he's been dropping. But I think he was definitely up there a lot more last night. And obviously the second goal again, ball in the box. I think we had three or four people in there and Broadhead eventually got on the end of it and scored a, a very good header. Um, and that's a good sign as well. We're getting more people in the box. We're getting early crosses in the box like we did at the start of the season. And we've scored five goals from doing so. Well, exactly. I mean, I mean, as you guys said before, when Johnson was alluding to the fact it's back to basics, well, it's back to what we were doing at the start of the season, where if we play our game, which we have got the quality to play our game in this division, then we will get players in the box and score more goals. And as you touched on, I mean, if you look at Broadhead, just for instance, the first goal, his first goal demonstrated that he's able to pick up good pockets of space in and around the box, um, outside the box, wherever. His movement is actually really, really intelligent. And that's where yeah. I don't know what the Morecambe defence was doing, to be fair, but, you know, you won't. You know, if Sunderland had conceded that, I would have been livid. But regardless, um, that's good on Broadhead's perspective. And as for Stewart, I thought the keeper should have saved Stewart's goal, but it's still his goal. You know, you don't take it away from him. Um, I don't particularly want to try and go up to him and tell him he shouldn't have had the goal because he's a really tall individual. But regardless, <laughs> yeah. he's, it, it's good for confidence. And it's good. And again, for Stewart and Broadhead, um, whether it's a playing up front with a three, um, playing up front with a two, with them two as a partnership, you know, we have, there is quality there goal scoring wise for this level and again like last night we just played our game we didn't let Morecambe settle we didn't let them have any quick counter attacks or anything like that we just played our game and that involves getting people in the box and and that's the good thing because as you guys have pointed out in recent weeks we've been too static we haven't got enough people in the box we haven't and I don't know whether that's because confidence wise from there's the, there's that word again confidence wise from the most recent run is that we're more reluctant to try and get forward but I think you could tell from very early doors last night that Morecambe weren't really going to pose as much of a threat. So, you know, but again, morale should go up from that. And the more players we get in the box, the more goals we score, the more chance we've got of killing teams off. Yeah. Um, third goal, John. Dan Neal involved in this one. Um, I think that assist takes him to the top of the table for assists in League One, I think. Um, which, considering it is his first season in adult football, it is very impressive and We've praised him so much this season, but it was excellent work from him again in the box. Um, I think it might have been Diaku, um, who played in room, little Cruyff turn inside the box into Pritchard, who got himself another goal. And I think that's his third goal of the season, if you count in the corner, which I absolutely am. And he's got a handful of assists as well. And you are really starting to see the player that, that you expected to see in Pritchard. Yeah, definitely. It's um, you know, he's We'd expect him to be, you know, a bit of a level above coming from sort of championship, maybe, you know, lower end of, of Premier League team. So you'd, you'd think once he found his feet in League One, um, then he'd, you know, he's going to be one of the best players um, in the league. And I think that's what we're, that's what we're seeing now. You know, a lot of stuff's going through him. Um, he's neat and tidy on the ball. He's got, I think you even saw some, some passes yesterday where, you know, even some of our players didn't even see you know, where the ball was, was going to be played and Pritchard sort of played it through and, they, you know, they weren't even on his wavelength. Um, so we've yeah. definitely got a player there. It's, it's a case of obviously, you know, keeping him fit, looking after him. And, you know, we, we probably missed him when he had, you know, such a an un, an unlucky start, you know, with COVID and he got a virus and didn't have a pre-season, you know, all the things that, you know, that he's had to deal with. And, you know, eventually now we're seeing him all settled and he's probably one of the first names uh, on the team sheet and, you know, like I say, special mention to to Dan Neal as well. Um, you know, for breaking the lines and and getting up there because I think the last couple of games he's been quite deep. Um, I know obviously we were two 0 up and on top, but you, that's what you want to see. You know, even at even at nil nil, we need to see that because he's got that in his uh, in his locker, Dan Neal. Yeah, 
Um, fourth goal, Nathan Broadhead involved again, and I think there's definitely the first goal, probably where you do question the goalkeeper a little bit. I think it did take a, a slight deflection, but again, in the box where we haven't really had enough of the ball in the last few weeks, cuts on his left foot and just drills it past the keeper, Michael. We've talked about him a lot, Broadhead, in the last few weeks, but he, I don't think he's had a bad game when he's played for us. He offers something different. He can shoot on his left. He can shoot on his right. He can score with a header. He's a very, very quick footballer. He's a very good player to have in this league, and he will play you know, a big part if he can keep getting the goals that he's getting. Agreed. Um, I think, as I said before in the podcast, I think him and Stuart together are really, really effective as a partnership. And you can tell... You can tell with the, so obviously when we in the play in the past when we've signed players, you can tell some of them are, for want of a better phrase, lead on players. Not, yeah. In terms of intelligence, in terms of football and brain and ability, that they're not going to be above League One. You can tell. I can tell personally with Broadhead when I watch him that he came from a Premier League club. What and I think that again, as I said his movement is is off the ball movement, is on the ball movement, is technique on the ball. I think there's just a lot of things. Yes, the keeper could have saved it, but of course he could have done. But regardless. I think Broadhead's just really showing what the quality he has got. And if you look at the fact he has got a good few goals in all competitions, he's got, you know, the one he took at the solo goal at Wigan was very good in the yeah. cup. Uh, the goal he scored, even though the game was meaningless, really, but the goal against Bradford in the Papa John's was good. Um, it was Embleton through, Embleton through ball, or was it a lob ball over the top, and then Broadhead controls it and then volleys it or mm. finishes it really good. So you can't knock him. Um, and... I know, obviously, you got my hopes up when you put the tweet out about him being out of contract at the end of the season. Yeah, do apologise for that one. Unfortunately, I don't think it's the case. I think he's got another year on it, but yeah. I, I'm going to get into Everton's, um, brutally honest, squad. So, for me, if there's any chance of making that deal permanent, do it. Yeah. Well, fifth goal and the final goal, John. Um, probably the one of the luckiest goals we'll score this season um, and probably one of the, the poorest goalkeeping errors I think it's fair to say it was Diaku who or it was Kimby Walker who came on and we'll talk a little bit about him as well in a minute um but he came on played it with Brian out with Diaku whose shot was deflected um and five seconds later bounced over the line with the keeper nowhere to be seen um but in a game like that when your performance is so high the chances are luck will go your way. You do buy your own luck, and I think that's probably the best way to describe that goal. Yeah, definitely. But you know, the move and the build-up was was really good to, to start with. Obviously, Bioka as well. You know, involved in that, which is good to see. It looks like he's going to be um, involved, um, and you know, the is still taking a chance. I think it was it's on target, so it probably goes down as yeah. his goal. Um, and you know, when I've watched it back a few times. I don't know what the keeper's doing. He just seems to think, oh, his, his, his attitude's almost half, oh, fuck it. Yeah. And it just, it just sort of bounces in where you'd expect the goalkeeper to at least get back and, you know, sort of flap at the crossbar. But uh, even, you know, I, don't know, I don't know who it was, but even our player followed it in after it deflected. And their keeper just seemed to stand there, convinced it was going over the bar. Yeah, I think, I think you've got to look at that, you know, I think they're all sort of, their heads are gone anyway. Um, I don't think the keeper's covered him in, himself in glory and, in all five goals, bless him. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's that's why he's in goal from Morecambe and, you know, not not elsewhere. But, you know, you've still got to, you've still got to make your own, your own luck. You know, if on uh, Saturday, you know, if, if one of our, you know, when Ross Stewart goes through and, you know, he hits the crossbar, it hits, you know, a tiny bit less of the crossbar, it, it goes in and, you know, we win the game. It's just, it's just by margins, isn't it? And, 
you know, we'll we'll take what whatever luck we can get. You know, we need we need, we do need a little bit of that, but you know, you've still got to work hard with it. Yeah. The thing is with that fifth goal um, in the stands, it took a while. It, it reminded me a little, to some extent, a little bit like Luke O'Neill's goal against Ipswich. Now I know the goals are a bit different, but I meant like we expected the ball when it's left when it's left the last person it's contact is with go over, and then it yeah. creeps into the goal, and you're like, oh, it's another goal, get in. Yeah. Um, you know, because I was I was expecting it to go way over, and it was just, it kind of felt like slow motion the way it was moving. Mm-hmm. Not quite as slow as O'Neill's, to be fair, but it was still. Uh, you can still, I think you get the point. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure when I was going top corner anyway. To be fair, I was not directly behind it, but I had a good kind of view of it, and it did look like it was going in anyway. Um, did, I think it has went down as Daiku's goal. It definitely it's... was because it was on his left foot. It's definitely going in. If it was right foot, he's going to miss it. Yeah. Anything on his left is going in. Goal anyway. So I think I, I would. If, if it had been taken off him, I think it would have been by now. Yeah. Um, but that win, Michael, means we are now unbeaten in the last five league games, which, given the mood on Twitter, you probably wouldn't believe that. Um, and admittedly, some of the results in there haven't been particularly great. You know, the draw against Shrewsbury should have been a win. Um, the draw against Oxford probably deserved a win, um, but we didn't get the goal um, that we probably deserved in the second half. The win against Ipswich and, of course, the win last night. It is promising that, you know, despite all the injuries, all the suspensions in the last few weeks after such a terrible run, which in perspective was only, I think it was two league games we lost in a row. You know, it sounds worse when you say, if you include the cup games, you lost to Bradford, you lost to Oldham, you lost to um, Mansfield as well. But it was only two league games that we lost in a row during that awful spell that had everyone calling for, for Johnson to go. Um and evoked some different reactions allegedly from Johnson but you know these last five games they have showed progress to some extent especially yesterday especially the second half against Oxford and the longer this continues although you're not going to buy everyone over and think you know Johnson is the man to take us up it definitely puts you in a good position to do it for a lot of them well the result by more time doesn't it that's the I mean, if you look at all the results, I mean, obviously, it was, I think it was three league games in a row. It was Charlton, Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. But either way, I mean, at the end of the day... Wait, was, had... it, was it three in a row, though, or was Crew after Charlton? No, Crew was before Charlton. Was it? Uh, so it was, so it, was, it was Charlton at home, we lost 1-0. Then, obviously, the drubbings at Rotherham and Sheffield Wednesday. But, look, I mean, Johnson, Johnson does deserve to be criticised. He has been criticised for some of the performances we've had this season. I criticised at Rotherham for trying to out-football them when I think we need, our approach needed to be a bit different. Yeah. Uh, and then Sheffield Wednesday, look, I, I mean, I didn't think Rotherham were that good and I certainly didn't think Sheffield Wednesday were that good. The, I criticised how easy we were to play against and score past. Um, but since then, to be fair, I mean, I try to take the cups out of it because let's like, if you look at all the cups itself, right, are we going to win the FA Cup? No. Yes, the, it doesn't excuse the performance against Mansfield. I wasn't there. I didn't watch it, but apparently the performance was shocking. Um, obviously, same with Oldham. Apparently, performance wasn't good, but the Papa Johns, we were probably going to use that competition as a springboard for our youth players or reserve players to try and stay yeah. in play. And for me, the Oldham game, I put that on them, less than so on Johnson. He gave them a chance. They didn't take it. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we lost on penalties, but come on, it was a meaningless game where we'd already qualified as group winners, even though in the end it didn't amount to anything because we got knocked out in the next round. Um, and obviously, by the time we've played Arsenal, we'll be out of all the cups. Let's be honest. So, although yeah, I'm not sure on that one, I'm, I'm quite confident of, of of winning the next four cup games and having European football next season. Personally, fan TV would be hilarious if we <laughs> would definitely be a good one. SFC fan TV versus Arsenal fan TV. But the the point is that 
yeah, the league games themselves, it was three league losses in a row. Let's be honest, which for me, I still maintain we shouldn't ever be losing three league games in a row in this division, even yeah. if we have the um, better, so-called better sides, unless each game is full of unique circumstance, whatever it is. But the point is, as you said, it's, it's people was, put this way, I saw people after Oxford going, well, it's two wins from seven in the league. Well, okay, yeah. now all of a sudden, three wins. Pe- people, from- will, people will always spin it in the most negative That's way. It, yeah. I, I think a lot of people do need to keep perspective into it. Like, look, don't get me wrong. Like I said, in the recent run, I was livid at the Shrewsbury game, at the Shrewsbury result. I think we touched on it when we did a podcast on that game. That game had no excuse not to be a victory. It should have been. And I said, and as for Saturday against Oxford, I felt that second, first half wasn't very good. And I thought second half, we were easily the better side. We should have easily won the game, but of course we didn't. For me, the draws against Oxford aren't the results that are the problem. Like I've said before, yeah. the draw weight Shrewsbury, the draw weight Fleetwood, those are the draws that kill you. Those are yeah. the draws that are the problem. Um, and obviously we get hammered doesn't help. But as you said, these guys have gotten a five-game unbeaten run in the league. But I, do I, th- I think I think as well, what people don't necessarily see on Twitter as much is I think this is the best, at this point of the season, I think this is the best season we've had in League One in terms of the points we've picked up and, and goals scored. I'm pretty sure that is the case. How many games have we played now in the league? Is it 19? 19, I believe. Right, I'm trying to remember how many we had. It's definitely at least the best since our first season. It's definitely yeah. in the last two. Whether it's better than the first one, I need to look 20 that played, up. sorry. Sorry? 20 played on 39 points. What, on, in 18-19? No, this, right now we've played 20, um, and we've had 39 oh, no, points from 20, them, 20 games. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how many games we played at this point, uh, after 20 games in 18-19. But either way, the point was that I think at this stage in 1920, I think we were on something like 27, 28 points. And then last season, I think we just barely hit the 30-point mark. Mm. Um, so, again, look at the perspective. Um, this run has to continue. Johnson and the players can't get complacent. We can't afford to have the run that we... Even, I'll put it this way. The, if we have another bad run, it's going to be more disastrous than last time because there's no cup, cup, there's no cup games to include in that now. Yeah. Unless, of course, we end up beating Arsenal somehow. We have the two-leg semi-final. But regardless, it's got to continue. I think John put it in the chat where he said that, and I agree with it, these guys have got to display their level of consistency. We know we're not going to win every game. We have to accept that. We aren't going to win every single game, but we can't afford to have another bad run. Or if you're going to have a bad run, make sure you're automatically promoted first. Then you can have a bad run. So um, we've got to just keep going. Keep going. Saturday, obviously, it's a different challenge. We'll touch on that, I'm sure. But that's a game where, for me, we need to win. And then just keep going from there. Keep setting point targets. Um, each and every month, each and every few games, try and hit them, stay on the ground, and hopefully stay consistent enough to go up automatically. Yeah. Well, as good as it is to beat Morecambe and, and Cheltenham and, and teams like that 5 0 at home, John, um, granted, very poor teams, but you can play who's in front of you, and they are often the games that, you know, promotion teams can slip upon. Um, we've come through them fairly well so far, but. We've got Plymouth on Saturday, who started very well. I think they're in sixth at the moment after a somewhat poor run, and obviously they've lost their their manager to Preston. Um, Sheffield, Wednesday, Wickham, Portsmouth, all coming up in the next few weeks. That is probably the most important run of the season. You know, this five-game unbeaten run is, you know, it's still promising, still a good sign and, and is showing progression, but it's them games that you need to win. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, you this is probably now the time that, you know, we can actually go out and showcase ourselves um, and get some, you know, taking points off them whilst obviously gaining for ourselves. Um, I think maybe in recent years we've struggled with, we've maybe been up for those games and we've we've done okay um, against the bigger teams. Um, but then it's been, you know, how many teams have, 
you know, even Plymouth, the case in point, you know, come up here, one shot, one goal, and we've we've sort yeah. of battered them for, for 90 minutes and not won the game. So, you know, that could that could easily have been the case, you know, yesterday. It's nice to see us not drop down to sort of a Morecambe level. Yeah. Um, play, you know, play a turgy game of football and, you know, get really desperate. It's nice for us to get, you know, get them up here, put them to the sword, see you later, you know, and, you know, confidence will be absolutely booming from um, from the boys for, for Saturday. And that's that's what you want. I think it's a lot of it is confidence because we know these boys are good enough um, and, you know, confidence in going forward like last night. And I think those those types of performances will serve us well in, in these games coming up. If we can keep, because um, I wouldn't have said we're, even though we got a clean sheet, I wouldn't say we're the, we're the strongest in defence. Um, but if we can keep the ball, you know, in Plymouth's half, um, and you know, and what I, I watched, you know, Portsmouth and uh, Sheffield Wednesday uh, game last night, and you know, even though I know we've lost or we got sort of pumped off of both of them, I wouldn't have said going toe to toe with them in a football game. I don't think we should we should be shirking it. Um, it's definitely a you know, especially at home as well, where our record's so good. Yeah. Um, I think that's, well, that's sort the thing, of John. We've got both of them to play still at the stadium, late, so I'd be pretty disappointed <laughs> not to be. Yeah, exactly. And, you, you know, I'll probably take the Portsmouth one as a, you know, just sort of a freakish one. You know, I, I think we could have adapted to the conditions a bit better, but obviously we didn't. But if we play them at football toe-to-toe, I don't see it. You know, obviously we're going to have to work hard and, you know, we're, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough game. They all are. Um, but I don't see any problem why, well, we can't go on a, on a good run. I think now's really, really key now. You know, we've, we've had these games, you know, the Shrewsbury game was a bit of a, a bit annoying, as was the, you know the Oxford one, but you know that yesterday, you know, put, puts the bed a little bit. The like, can we do it? And I think now confidence going forward, you know, as against with you know the big teams coming. I think this is now the time to, you know, you, you could take Talk a point here. Yeah, you you need you need to take a point maybe here and there, but you've got to be looking to to win these games to stay, you know. And, and uh, if you do that at the moment, it's not necessarily going to be a case of staying in touch with the top. You know, we're going to start getting. You know, we're going to break into the top two and we'll probably even, you know, could possibly go top, you know, if we do, if the results, you know, that we are getting now, you know, start to to go our way. Um, so it's not it's not a case of being sick and um, just saying, well, we're still in touch, still in touch. You know, we, we have got a real opportunity now to, to put a marker down, um, especially coming into January. And you've got, you know, you want yeah. new players, you can, you can go to them and say, look, look where we are. And, you know, that, that's the sort of thing that will sway them. So it's a big... I think it's a big, I'd say, six weeks for us. Um, and then, obviously, after that, you've then got to, you know, you've then got to go on a, a really good good run again to to get yourself out of this league. Just to yeah. reiterate as well, that I think after this month, because, because say we lose to Arsenal, we're out of all the cup competitions now, we've only got one game left, I think, to rearrange, and I think that's Lincoln at home. But after the new year with the exception of the odd midweek game here and there, it's pretty much Saturday, 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 Saturday. So it'll give players the chance to recuperate and like really rest and recharge where we're not going to be playing a game. Because the last few weeks we've played a game practically, in all competitions, we played a game practically every three or four days. So that in itself could be massive. But as John, I think we need to just get to January, get, 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 stay in the hunt for me, stay, stay in touch and distance of everybody else, try and get into the top two. But if you can get into January, and like John said, you can persuade people of really good quality to come down here and hopefully help us over the line. Yeah. Well, as I said before, we've had 39 points from the first, well, I say the first as if we're not halfway through the season, but 39 points in 20 games, which I think 
usually it's around two points per game you need average to get promotion promoted from this league um, so we are just below that at the moment um, but obviously still 26 league games to play but play ratings we'll get into them now um, and Michael Hoffman had nothing to do in the entire game so I think it's fair to say we'll give him a six yeah I would agree with that there was one or two occasions where the ball did bounce off him a little awkwardly but regardless of that um, more can barely double him so it's a standard for mill isn't it yeah John six for you yeah, same. Um, I think you've, you know, sometimes you've got to let him off. Um, you know, if if he's not really doing a lot and then he's going to be called into action, you know, is, is the concentration maybe still there because he's still young? Um, but yeah, that's the that's the only real thing. So yeah, quite an easy day for him again. Yeah. Um, Gooch was obviously got the first two assists um, and definitely looked to do the basics more often than, than he ever does usually to be honest um you know beat his man got a ball in the box and did that multiple times and that's how he got the first two assists and, and probably could have had a couple of more in the game as well um so i've gone with a nine john yeah same with going nine you know the, the assists you know keep him quite high up and he is you know when he's not giving away you know stupid up fouls you know we we know he is a really really hard working solid player so yeah we'll go over nine it's nice to see him sort of bounce back after after Saturday yeah Michael yeah same I, would, I, I was trying to think of a, whether to give him an ace but I can't knock it I think the, I think that was easily one of his best games I've seen him perform for us um, yes you take into account the opposition but again he had their full back on toast he got two good assists you can't you can't complain if he performed more like that then I'll happily shut my mouth about him yeah um, Bainey Wright again in a slightly unfamiliar position but defended well and didn't actually look bad when he went forward either. Um, and that was quite a few times in the game. So I've opened an eight, Michael. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think that he, he looked very steady, very composed, very assured. Again, I mean, I know he's played right back before, I think, for Bristol City in the past. But he's he's definitely coming into his own now. He's starting to show why I, I personally rate him. Um, so, you know... You can't you can't complain with him. He, he didn't have that much to defend most of the game, but you can only again you can only beat what's in front of you. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, um, Tom Flanagan. I went with a seven. I think you def- no, sorry, you haven't even done John, have I? Sorry, John, did, didn't forget you there. Billy White. No, nah, that's right. Yeah, for Gavin. <laughs> um, you know, he's even though he's probably played there before. You know, he's he's looked okay there, and can, you know can definitely fill in. So yeah, well, I probably would have said a seven, but because he's out of position and. You know, he's done all right and done okay going forward. Um, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably have it up to an eight. Um, Tom Flanagan, like I said, I went with a seven. Um, defended well, but he kind of resorted back to his usual self when he was on the ball. Um, Decision-making on it was was quite poor for, for large parts of the game, but didn't really come to anything. So I'll go with a seven, John. Yeah, same seven. Uh, you like to think sometimes maybe... You know, he thinks it's a little bit too easy and he can he can bring the ball out as he sees Doyle doing. You know, we know Doyle's a little bit better, right? So, you know, maybe just, you know, just watch what he's doing against the better teams. You know, those are sort of things that, that you will get punished for. Yeah. And Michael? Seven, likewise. I think that if you're going to have him make those little mistakes, I think he'd rather do it in a game where he can get away with it. Hopefully he'll use that as a learning lesson for Saturday. Yeah. Um, Callum Doyle again. I went with a seven. Michael um, just kept things simple, defended well, didn't try anything overly ambitious, um, got forward a few times quite well. Um, so yeah, seven. 
again the same. I think these the things I'm struggling to think of things to say about Flanagan and Doyle, but that's because they're rarely troubled, and I want to be like that. I don't want to be pointing them out. Um, but yeah, he kept it simple, um, played it out from the back when he needed to, and just kicked it long when he had to as well. Yeah, John. Yeah, same. Yeah, seven. Like you say, he's, you know they probably used it him and Flanagan as a sort of a week off. You know what I mean? Just just do the basics. Don't exert yourself, and you know because we know we've got a big game coming. Uh, the weekend, so yeah, seven for me. Yeah, um, Leon Diaku again started at wing back, got himself a goal, which was very, very well taken. Um, and similar to Gooch, just did the basics well, um, beat his man, got a ball in the box on quite a few occasions, and just had a generally probably the best game he's had for us, like Michael said earlier. So I'd probably say an eight for Diaku, John. Yeah, same gone with eight. It's you know, we're, we're slowly seeing signs, obviously, we know there's a few limitations at the moment, but, you know, hopefully working those out and, you know, he's going to be on the training ground every day, you know, learning a new position. Because um, obviously as a winger, he's used to just, you know, going forward. So it's nice to see him, you know, sort of learning to to come back as well, you know, sort of do it both ways. And again, you know, he's, he's scored, you know, I know it's a deflection, um, but, you know, we need everyone to to chip in. So, yeah, it's nice to see him bringing, bringing goals to the table. Yeah. Um, Michael? Like I said, I think, yeah, there's a couple of times decision-making can be better, but I think there was one occasion in the first half where he got down the byline on the right-hand side and got into the box when I think it was Stuart and Pritchard. There was at least two people waiting to receive the pass from him and he just like lobbed it over and everybody else, and he just basically eluded everybody and just went out to play for a throw and I think. But in general, I think that again, he just, he just, he was just, a, he was just too much for Morecambe to deal with and, I think, like I said, we underestimate the fact that he's having to adapt to a new way of life, both in terms of football and off the pitch as well. So hopefully, the more he gets settled, the better that he will be in the second half of the season to come. And I didn't know this, but apparently he's already got four league goals. So, um, you know, I didn't actually realise he had that many. So I think it was Cheltenham, uh, Crew, Oxford and now Morecambe. So, yeah, yeah, confidence. his own confidence will come up as well. Oh, yeah. left-footed as well. They were, weren't they? There you go. Um, Daniel, Michael, I went with an eight. Obviously, got himself an assist. Um, I think first half he struggled a little bit with Morecambe's kind of pressure in midfield and lost it a few times. But second half was much better. Played the ball well, like he always does. Got himself a very good assist, and can't stop praising him really every time we do a podcast. So eight. Yeah, I'd have to go along with the same thing. I think first half he was quite. I wouldn't say poor, but I think he was certainly a bit average. I think there was times he was trying to be a bit too over eager and try and overplay things. But I think he settled down second half, dusted himself down, helped regain control of the midfield, which I think helped us score the extra goals we did in the second half. And as you said, got a good assist. And just what a boy. That's it. Yeah. Uh, John? Yeah, eight for me. Um, I think I saw earlier, he got a 93% uh, pass completion rate, which is yeah. which is quite good for... 100% long passes as well. Yeah, which is, which is quite good for, you know, different you know when you're looking back to you know your max power last season sort of a, a five yard square ball and getting 100 percent, you know it's, it's different because we know that that daniel's a much you know much further forward playing forward and creative midfielder and um, breaking the line so it's nice to see him have nice to see him have that as you yeah. say as you guys said as well by the way that um daniel didn't go out on loan anyway this is his first season of, of um, senior football and he's shown the quality incredible yeah. Um, Carl Winchester saw him in the Metro Centre a couple of days ago. Um, was very busy doing his Christmas shopping, but 
I was very busy on the pitch as well last night. Um, defended well, played the ball well, and again, he's he's a player that you could probably put him anywhere on the pitch and, and he'd do a job. Um, but I don't think you noticed him as much because of the lack of threat, really, that Morecambe offered in the game uh, for large parts. So I went with a seven for Winchester, John. Are cutting out a bit there. You've got a, you've got a big game coming up on uh, on the weekend, so yeah, uh, seven for me. Yeah, uh, Michael, seven as well. Again, it just it, it's the perfect combination of um, Neil having a bit more flair, flair going forward, and Stuart. Sorry, not Stuart. Goodness me, I can't talk. Winchester um, doing the, the ugly side of the game in midfield, but again, it was probably just him doing the quiet things that helped us regain control and composure that stopped Morecambe having a threat. So yeah, seven as but wasn't quite as effective. Um, across yeah. the whole game, but still good. Yeah, we'll rattle through these last three fairly quickly. Alex Pritchard went with a nine, got himself another goal. Um, just again, very good old game, got himself another 90 minutes in the bag, which will do him the world of good as well. Um, you know, on the ball, very good, very hard to, you know, kind of dispossess. I think he won the ball back a few times for us as well, especially in the first half. So, yeah, nine, Michael. Agreed. And all I'll say to that is to try and keep it quick, show the quality that, uh, that I think we we probably suspected that he did have. And if he keeps this up, providing we can keep him fit, then we should have a real player in our hands. Yeah. And John? Yeah, nine, same. Uh, nice to see him, obviously, get on the score sheet as well, even though the goalkeeper's a bit suspect. It was. Uh, Nathan Broadhead, again, I went with a, a nine, John. Um, got himself two goals couple of other efforts that he had went just wide of the post and just proved to be a threat all game, really. So, nine for me. Yeah, I'll give him a nine as well. Um, probably, he's probably got it to come off because he probably would have got his hat-trick. Um, yeah. But we'll maybe save that save that goal for the weekend, hopefully. Hopefully so, Michael. Nine as well. Like I said before, intelligent footballer. And if there's any chance of getting him permanently in January, do it. Yeah. And last but not least, Ross Stewart, Michael. I remember this... An eight for Ross Stewart it was um, obviously got himself a goal which like I say he'd been on kind of a run without the goal which definitely has an effect on his confidence and, and you could tell that in the last few games a little bit but he got himself a goal yesterday you know worked as hard as ever so yeah eight it's just a typical Ross Stewart performance but obviously good to get himself a goal and he deserved that I think after being unlucky at the weekend yeah and last but not least John yeah, same eight for me. Like I say, nice to get his goal. Uh, worked hard again, as as uh, expected, and nice to see him actually um, come off and get a break again, ready for Saturday. Yeah. Uh, man of the match, probably a very difficult one to choose, so I'm going to leave it to you two to pick one, Michael. Oh, cheers. Throw us under the bus. Uh, <laughs> I'm debating between Broadhead and Gooch. Um, Broadhead obviously got two goals. You know what? Fine. I'm going to be different. I'm going to give it to Lyndon Gooch. Broadhead was really, really good, and I really rate him as a player. But I think Lyndon Gooch, I think, was just so electric down that right flank, um, and just again tore their right back to shred. Sorry, down their left flank, tearing their right back to shred. So I'm going to give it to Gooch. But if John, either of you, give it to Broadhead or whoever else, I couldn't complain. Yeah, and John. No, Michael's probably convinced me. I was going to go Broadhead, but I think take into context as well. You know, I think Gooch will know that. You know, he probably sort of you know, fucked it at the weekend. So it's it's mm. nice to see him, you know, I wouldn't have said he had to really come back, but it's nice to see him, you know, turn it around and, and put in a really good performance and actually be, you know, be maybe the difference that, that helped us on our way. So yeah, I'll give it to Gooch. Yeah. But by the 
first time I've ever convinced somebody to change their opinion. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Especially on Gooch. When we were talking earlier about this, is about Sunderland being on is it 39 points after 20 games. Yeah. Yeah, well, in the first season in League One, we were on 43 points after 20 games. Is it? Uh, so, but either way, this is still considerably better than the previous two seasons. So hopefully we're on the right track. Yeah, that is Phil Parkinson tax, wasn't it? Yeah, OK, we'll give him the blame. <laughs> but next game, Saturday, Plymouth at home once again. Hopefully not as freezing cold, because when I was trying to write a match report, I could not feel my hands at all. And then just couldn't drive home, really, without the heating on. Um, but Plymouth at home, John, predictions for that one? Uh, I'm actually driving up for this one because I'm actually, uh, you know, an, an exile from miles away down south. So hopefully, the little so, one. What's your record like when you drive up here? Um, I'm embarrassed to say the last home game <laughs> I was at was the Wolves, and we won three 0 which is quite embarrassing to say. Um, but I'd like to think it was an impressive result, though. So could be a good sign. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to say. I like to go for a 4 0 Sunderland because uh, whenever I don't buy the streams, we score four plus goals. I didn't buy the Lincoln stream, we won 4 0 last season. And I didn't buy this one and we won 5 0. And I'm, just, I'm the not buying the Plymouth one. Uh, yeah, I did actually, Ooh. but that doesn't count. So. <laughs> no, normally. Yeah, a <laughs> no. yeah, clean sheet and a high scoring, high scoring game. You know, let's not worry what Plymouth are doing with their manager and whatever. Um, yeah. And. Yeah, let's make it. Let's have a good old, a good old day in the cold. Yeah, it's four nil for John. Michael is going to go with a two one. Six nil. I think I'm going to. I'm mm. always. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I never ever back us to Pessimist. beat comfortably, just because I know, <coughs> just because I know that everyone views us as a cup final. Um, even though I probably should start start um, trusting this team a bit more, but every time I do that, I get disappointed. I would say that for Saturday, it's going to be. It's obviously. Look, I think Plymouth are going to be providing a much sterner test than Morecambe are going to. But at the same time, for me, it is a game where I think we should be winning. It's a game I think that we need to be winning. And if we don't win, I think it's an opportunity missed. Yeah. Well, that is a nice forty-five minute one done again. Under the bus with predictions. What's yours? Four nil. Yeah, Plymouth. Four nil Plymouth. Four nil Plymouth. Is it? No, 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 no. We're not conceding a goal. <laughs> to rush, rush, I'll go with a Rush Stewart Hatwick and a Nathan Broadhead brace and a 4 0 win. I thought yeah, you good luck. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that is the time for today to talk about another win. Hopefully, we get to do the same on Sunday because it is a lot more enjoyable talking about something like that than a 5 1 defeat or a 3 0 defeat or even a 4 0 defeat. So, hopefully, none of them. Um, but once again, appreciate you both on. Thanks for having me. Likewise. We'll be back on Sunday to talk about another Sunderland AFC League One fixture. But until then, we will see you later. That's all, folks.